Big Weed here. Today we review a pale ale and discuss high-speed rail. Hello and welcome to Beer and Conversation with Big Weed and Crow Hill. Good evening, Crow Hill. Good evening, Big Weed. What's on your mind? So, I'm not reading as much as I used to. How's that? And because I used to ride the train into, into D.C. Right. every day, and that enforced a certain amount of time where I, I was know. just sitting there on the train, and, and I would either read or write. Or play about, Candy Crush. Uh, no. But okay. I, had, I had, had my laptop, and I would write, or I would have a book, and I would read. Okay. And you'd get through a lot of books doing that. And now I don't, I don't have the enforced reading time. I, I so, agree totally. uh, so that's one of the reasons that I like trains. I love that train. Yeah. Yep. And after I moved out of the city, I've not taken the train one time to work. Mm-hmm. Where I used to take it, maybe not not not, not like you, but twice a month. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that time. And yeah, I didn't you know, actually didn't want it to be any more high speed than it was. <laughs> it was a fine amount of time. It was it was a reasonable amount of time, and it kind of made the transition from work to home and all that sort of stuff. So I, I like trains. It's a. Um, Trains are fun. All right. Well, I want to talk about the future of uh, trains in this country. I'm talking about super high-speed connecting cities, getting get, getting to New York. I go to lunch for I go to New York for lunch in 20 minutes. Boom! That's the future, buddy. Uh, we'll see. All okay. Right. <laughs> All right. So we have. Uh, we have a, a special guest, I think, here today. Yes, uh, because part of this is that they we got this made this come to my attention is the proposal for maglev that was it magnetic levitation yeah. train from Washington to Baltimore. And we have to have, happen to have an expert on Baltimore. And we have somebody who knows the ins and outs of what they're thinking in Baltimore and Baltimore surprisingly not that keen on it. Yeah. Well, maybe he can help us. Longinus. Would love, come in. Would love to help you on that. All, All right. right. But, but, sort of but help Baltimore me with this beer first. Okay, yeah. So hey. Here we got zombie dust from Three Floyds. Now, Again, what, what's this Three, three Floyds, Floyds thing? Yes, this is the Three Floyds I've heard about for years, and couldn't get my hands on it because it was from Indiana and did not distribute in Maryland or any of the nearby states. Now it does. Hmm. We have already reviewed uh, Alpha King, Gumball Head, and now we have zombie dust, zombie an undead dust. pale ale. It will be your only. Consolation. No, you're only respite after the zombie apocalypse. It says on the can. Okay. Yeah. The taste, you know, honestly, it's on the, it's on the highly hopped end of a pale ale. And the high end of the alcohol too. It's a six and a half, which is borderline IPA. Right. Yeah, it's borderline IPA in the hops category as well. Yes. Yeah. This is not what you would not call your uh, sort of summer refreshing pale ale. It's more no. of a heavy duty. More of a heavy hitter. And it's good. It's um, a little bit of that oily, hoppy flavor. Right. Um, but strong. I, I, I like it. I like it. But it's it's definitely on the strong end of a pale ale. Certainly is. So that got me. So this recent recent rejection by Baltimore of this maglev idea, which I don't know. I was kind of on board by. I mean, do you see how sexy those trains are? Look at that picture there. <laughs> I mean, they're awesome. Imagine something going 300 miles an hour and getting yep. to D.C. in 15 minutes. And yep. what could, what's not to like? So let's talk about the big picture. Obama had this idea that they're going to link up the whole country with these, with these things. Yeah. 
for never some reason, really got off the ground. For some reason, Democratic administrations love trains. I'm not exactly sure why. I think it's they don't like the idea of everybody just going where they want in their own vehicles. <laughs> There's that. Do they think that, that it would cut down on emissions to the point where oh, sure. it's going to save the planet? That, that's the idea. I mean, whether but that really? works in reality is another question. How many people? How, how they much see all these people on the, They see all these people on these big highways and they say, wouldn't it be better if they were all on a train? Well, okay, a yes. It, yeah. It would be better if they are all on a train if they were all going from point A to point B, but they're not. People got other places to go yeah, besides they, the they, end of the rail, and you can't have like a normal train, which seemed to which seems to work fine here in this Northeast Corridor, but from Baltimore to Washington, I don't know, there are at least six stops, I would think. It's not very far. What, what is that, 45 miles? So it's not like it's going to get up to 300 miles an hour. Well, it depends. It's, if, it's, if it just goes from Washington to Baltimore. Yeah, right. And with no stops. Then it could get then, up to 200. Then the question is, how many people actually want to travel from Washington to Baltimore and back? And back? Yeah, and that's that's so really you're cutting out all number. of the people yeah. in, in the middle. All but the people between who are the in the bedroom communities who are going to want to want to commute, and that's so you're only talking about people in Washington working in Baltimore or Baltimore working working in Washington, and that's not a huge number of people. No, because our suburbs are so big, and I think if you're looking at you know France or Germany or Japan, you've got l large cities relatively close. Right, because once you're once you're from here to Chicago, well, if you got to drive to the if you got to drive to the station, get there, rent a car, well, get in a plane and go, and go there. You're, you're well, really that's, nuts. that's the big problem with trains is that a plane, a, past a certain distance, a yeah. plane is way more efficient than a than a train. But it so, seems that but it, I, I, so this is why I think they're they're trying to map on the Japanese and European experience and yeah. say why can't it work here? Well, we, we we're not the same. We're not the same. Yeah. So this so but so so the federal government had offered California four billion dollars for this project. So California has these large concentrations. So this thing is going to connect. Cal. Uh, San Diego, San Jose, San Francisco, right. Sacramento, yeah. the uh, Los Angeles, of course, right. and wow, that's 520 miles. Okay, sound pretty good. I mean, uh, I guess you know they they have serious congestion problems, right? Mm -hmm. Los right. Angeles is dreadful. So they decide, for whatever reason, to start in the in the middle of the state. In the Central Valley, right, and well, was probably because it was easier to get the permits there. So, right, so you could just buy up some farmland. Yeah. And but this is what I part I don't like is is that was an area that's in need of jobs. So yeah, so all of these, a lot of these workers and all of these construction companies, but it's turning into just a make work project. Mm -hmm. You're paying millions, billions of dollars to give people the opportunity to build something that. With such cost overruns, uh, they're never go. It's never going to get built. And it didn't. And it didn't. They've already so out of the out of the five hundred and twenty so five hundred and twenty miles, thirty three billion dollars. So far, they've built one hundred miles, and the projection is now up to one hundred billion dollars. Wow. 
How many how many roads could they have built with that money? Yeah. Yeah, or I don't know. Is are are they still building it or is it a dead project? Except for the hundred miles. I mean, is is, is a train on the hundred miles that they built? <laughs> Not yet. And here mm -hmm. this is what we have here. It's and it's uh Merced to Fresno to Bakersfield. Hmm. A lot of people doing that, huh? A lot of people doing that. So no, it's not up and running. It seems to have stopped. So much, so much waste and cost overrun. It went. It was supposed to be a hundred. What did they say? A hundred and fifty-eight million dollars a mile. Wow. But that's nothing. So Amtrak's own estimates for replacing its existing Northeast Corridor with true high-speed rail work work out to over $500 million per mile. Per mile. <laughs> wow. Why, why, why don't How we can just, that cost that much? You just invest the money. Let's just get the Amtrak, which is the apparently it's the only profitable train in the country, hmm. is that the Acela yeah. Northeast oh, Corridor. Too. Right. So see, I'd rather they just invest that money in flying cars. <laughs> yes, I, I still yeah. want my flying car. Flying car, so you're, you're you get to right. So you 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 drive to Sacramento. You drive twenty. Like, oh, you can get there in twenty minutes. So you drive twenty minutes to Sacramento. Get there in twenty minutes. Well, wherever it's only gonna be one station downtown, and there really isn't much of a downtown in Los Angeles, right? right. Everything is sprawling and spread yeah. out. They don't have a sophisticated network of like light rail yeah. or anything so now you're you're renting a car or, or an uber so you're not taking any cars off the road yeah so that that's the problem with the train is it delivers you like if you're going to dc the train delivers you to union station well there really isn't a whole lot there at union station i mean the capital's right there uh -huh. and there's so, there's some you can get but they, right they have a there. decent metro system yes yeah, so that so then you take right. the train to union station and then you have to get on the metro and then you have to go another, you know, 20, 30 minutes on the metro to get to someplace. So, so the, the idea of getting the train from this point to that point, well, that's great, but that's not, everybody's not traveling from this point to that point. There's, there's, a, there's a whole network coming into point A and there's a whole network coming out of point B. So when you calculate it, like, for example, you have somebody Washington to Baltimore, and you figure, okay, if you're going to drive from Washington to Baltimore, depending on traffic and everything, that might take you an hour or an hour and a half, right? Depending on how uh, that right. is. So mm -hmm. if you have a train that can make it in 15 minutes, well, that's great. <laughs> but yeah, that part's great. That part's great. But still, if you're in D.C., you have to work your way from wherever you are in D.C. to Union Station. And then you got to take your train up to Baltimore. And then you got to work your way from wherever you land in Baltimore to wherever you want to be in Baltimore. And it really doesn't end up being all that much better than just driving there. Yeah, I mean, if, to get from Orlando to Tampa, I mean, are, are there's a lot of people commuting back and forth between the two that they're, that they're taking cars off the road? Well, both, the, both those towns are very, are very spread out. So once again, you even have to even, drive... Even if you did want to do that. Even, yeah, because you still have to drive from somewhere in Tampa <laughs> to the train station. Yeah. And then once you get to Orlando... You don't have a car over there, and now you got to rent a car, and you got to get around on that side. So, the the it makes trains make a huge amount of sense if you have highly concentrated people here and highly concentrated people over there. But that's not just that's not the way things work in America. So, so in California, the cost for a scaled back 
Los Angeles to San Francisco system has tripled to 75 to 80 billion dollars and the available funds are being spent on a 119 mile initial segment from Bakersfield to Merced in the middle of the state there is no current plan or funding to build the rest of the planned 520 mile system so how many people are going from Bakersfield to Merced <laughs> I know and so this is so this money that California jumped on was offered to many other states. Republican governors were like, no thanks. Yeah. Because the cost overruns that you see what's going on here, that state's on the hook for that. And once it's up, the fares never cost cover the operating costs. Yeah. And so you're, California's already talking about, once it gets up and running, how they're, the taxes that they're going to have to raise to subsidize yeah. the train well, travel. Well, you say Republican governors, except for our Republican governor. Who uh, apparently went? To he wanted Japan. this uh, maglev. Yeah, isn't that the story? He went to Japan and rode. Oh yeah, the, right. Oh yeah, he was a train, and then he was saying, "I'm sure it was, it was awesome." Yeah, right. and then well, he wanted. So, what's the story? Right. Well, one of the things you got to remember is that, that that Governor Hogan is a developer. Yeah. Okay. And it's not so much. That's that what he was. The, he was. He was never a politician, right? He was a real estate guy. Yeah, he was a real estate guy. Mm -hmm. he, he, he built. He, he, he built houses. Um. So so the but but the idea that. You know, you have a concentration of population here and a concentration of population here, and so, and then you build the transportation between the two. Well, you know, that, that, that could be, but it's also the fact, too, is that you build the road, and then the road spurs development mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all over the place. Yes. Uh, Montgomery County, for example, you see the creation of the 270 corner, yep. and then all of a sudden you see the urban sprawl just, you know, go right up to Germantown exactly. and pass. Right. So, so that's right. something that, so I think that may be part of it. Um well, you know, and Governor Hogan was very against uh, the red line. He killed the red line, which would, would have been the subway segment in Baltimore that would take you from Bayview and East Baltimore yeah. down to, I think it was Catonsville or Woodlawn area. Okay. I was against it. He was you know, against because, well, I mean, it was it was very costly. I think mm -hmm. that was part of it. So, and, you know, and, and that could have been a justifiable reason. But I just think it was like, yeah, it's not going to spur development. It's not mm. going to. I've been on the DC, uh, what's it called, the DC Metro, Metro yeah. tons. And it's pretty. It's pretty awesome. It is very nice. I lived, I lived in Baltimore almost thirty years. And never been on one. Never been on the yeah. subway system. Really? Well, well, there's not a system. There's, there's one rest from downtown out to Owings Mills. Right. And then Does it do anything the light else? Rail, and then there's the light rail. That the goes light up rail. I've used that. Uh, and, and those are pretty much the two sort of rail systems that we have. So, so the what, what you sure. mentioned before about the sprawl following the road, I think it's right. a good point because a lot of people who are a lot of people are against building roads for that very reason. Yeah, yeah. They say easier they, you make it. Yeah, exactly. If you make it easier to get out to this area, that's just going to encourage more sprawl. So it's it's almost like let's make people suffer so that they won't want to live here. I mean that's that's sort of and the mindset. So but the, they were, so if the, the two train stops are urban center to urban center might encourage more urban living. Well, I see Is that, that the idea. Well, well there's I think, there's the idea of what they call transit oriented development, which mm -hmm. is the idea of okay, we're going to put a uh, subway stop here and then we're going to zone it to yeah. be very high dense so you could build. Uh, your high rise your, apartments, your, your high rise yeah. apartments, uh -huh. your new type of some yeah. of the developments that you see. Big weed here. 
We love receiving comments from our listeners, and so if you have something to contribute, comment, disagree, we'd love to hear it. We can be reached at bigweedshow at gmail.com. Just called Pigweed, but Crow Hill will listen to it. But so, so I can understand from Baltimore's perspective why it would be, it could potentially be a great boon to Baltimore to have high-speed rail from somewhere in Baltimore to D.C. because that would encourage people would then be buying real estate in Baltimore. Like, if you're, you're going to work in D.C. And if you have a cheap way of getting from Baltimore, where the, where the cost of housing is going to be less, yeah. into D.C. For, in 15 minutes, yeah. why in well, the that's world the would other, not do that? If you extend it further, the idea being, what about people that work in Manhattan... They can live in Baltimore. Imagine making Manhattan money and paying Baltimore housing prices right. and getting to and getting to work in thirty minutes. Right. Uh, okay, that in a magical way. Yeah. That seems awesome. It does seem right. awesome. Right. But, but is it really going to happen? Are there going to be right. enough people to, to and, do that? Yes. And, and build and, at five hundred million dollars a mile. Uh, and Baltimore is 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 totally in favor of and has contributed to sort of the. Revamping of the Mark train stations, revamping of the you know fixing the du- tunnel that's underneath Baltimore, mm-hmm. um, making it a double rail tunnel so we could actually get freight going through Baltimore again instead of going around it. So it's all so so those are great things, but you know. So it, if the government, so if the federal government was going to give you four billion dollars to for your transportation needs, then. There are better ways to spend it than building the maglev right. to Washington. I think the red line would be the closest to spinning And the red line is just part of the, of the Baltimore subway system. It would, yeah. It, okay. it, it would Underground or, or? It, it would be both. Okay. I think the, yeah, I, I, I think after all the planning and all that stuff done, it was both. Hmm. Hmm. So, so here's, how about this $0.75 billion grant? To the Amtrak Northeast Corridor, which is really the only, yeah. you know, profitable, viable uh, train system in America, will uh, enable a top speed increase on a small segment from 150 miles an hour to 160 miles an hour. Some of the work is still incomplete. Wow. Doesn't, so, doesn't seem like much of a Doesn't seem like much of a Right. It doesn't sense. Right. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is, I mean, like, you could get, you know, your, your regular rail up. Pretty high, right? Yeah. I mean, you can get it up to close to Well, the, the problem in, in this California, it's like 25 feet is how high the rail system is. You mean how, how high the... No, how system? fast. How, how fast. fast. Oh, how fast. So, but, so between... I've taken the train from D.C. to New York several times, and there are sections of it that are pretty straight that you could get up to a higher speed. But there are a lot of sections that twist and turn and move around because they were built... At times when the trains were only going 50, 60 miles an hour, you know, and you didn't didn't need them to be so straight. If you're going to have a, a maglev train or any kind of a train that's going to go really fast, it needs to be very straight. And in order to do that, that means buying a bunch of land, you know, ripping down a bunch of housing and buildings and whatnot. And nobody wants wants that. And you have the big not in my backyard problem. Yeah, and you have there's going to eminent domain is going to be met with uh, yep. lawsuits. Uh, yeah. It's going to take forever to. So let me tell you even... the my, my not in my backyard because this is literally in my backyard because <laughs> okay. um, I live right between Washington and Baltimore, and there there is talk about the maglev train, 
and it would come, one proposal, nobody's sure where it's going to go, but one proposal would take it pretty close to my neighborhood. Right. So my neighborhood has all these stop the maglev. I got them things. in my neighborhood. Go and ahead. and I, one of my neighbors who is really involved in local politics and whatnot came by and asked me to sign this petition to stop the maglev. And I'm like, well, I, you know, I haven't looked into it. I, I don't know what the issues are. And But I stopped and thought, okay, let's say I was going to think about whether I was a in favor of or opposed to the maglev first of all i would ask is it a reasonable project to do right uh -huh. i mean just in the broad sense is it reasonable to build regardless a of how it affects you exactly yeah. how, regardless of how it affects me is it reasonable to do this and then the second question would be okay if it is reasonable to do it what would be the most sensible way to pick the route right and there, there's got to be a bunch of different ways the most sensible way it seems to me would be disturbing the fewest people uh-huh. Okay. All right. So let's say that you decide that it's it is sensible to do, and you pick a route that disturbs the fewest people. Okay. If they have done that, and it happens to disturb me, well, then that's the brakes. And right. I mean, doesn't God, that seem like the right to way to disturb somebody? Exactly. Okay. It's got to disturb somebody, and it doesn't seem right for projects like that to be based on how much these people complain versus how much these people complain. Right. It's going to it's going to uh, benefit. Uh, you know, a million people in, the, in between the two cities yeah. in the state. But there's this but loud mouth right here. My neighborhood HOA yeah. is going to crush the project right. because there's going to be... Because she slept with the governor. And two years' yeah. worth I'm of... I'm not making any insinuations here. <laughs> <laughs> Construction uh, noise. Uh, but I think it's... Like I, uh, as I was looking at it, most of it, I don't know if in your neighborhood, but my neighborhood... It's, it would definitely be under my neighborhood. I don't know what all the maglev signs are. What, what, you, is, is, do we expect our houses to be rumbling each time it passes by on a coat of air? The, right? It's, a, <laughs> it's an elevated magnetic train. Yeah. It's not a diesel chugging train. Right. So, I just, I'm not, I'm I mean, not exactly I, I, sure I, what, the, what the concerns are in my neighborhood about the maglev, but it just, I don't like, I don't like this way of dealing with public projects is who complains the most and don't do it in my backyard. I, don't, I just don't agree with that. If, if they decide that this is the best thing and I have to sell my house and move someplace else, well, okay, sorry. I mean, that's not great, but that's the way it goes. Well, the, uh, one other aspect of, of, of mapping on the European experience is you already have a culture that is used to taking trains from here to there. Yeah. All you're doing is upgrading them from their, no, from mm -hmm. their noisy uh, smelly diesel train mm. to the high-speed maglev. That's not what's going on between Orlando and uh, Tampa. Right now, you're going to transform deeply rooted car culture people yep. and turn them into. I think that's a train big, people. A big part of the of the incentive for this is the hatred of car culture. Well, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. There is, a, and and I, I, I think we need to work on creating our cities and our, our suburbs to be less car dependent. But I think at the same time is like, I don't think this high speed rail is going to, you know, I mean, it, it's not going to reduce, uh, reduce the number of cars in any, in, in, in any really significant I, right. way. I think spending I that think money on that, maybe, maybe, maybe Los Angeles needs a, what's our trade system called? The, the, the mark. The, the, right? Yeah, the, the, no, the, the Metro. rail, the, the the rail train, above ground. 
What are you talking about? Amtrak, Mark? Uh, it, within the city. Oh, the Baltimore light rail. Yeah, light rail. Right. Light rail. Oh, maybe yeah. maybe a, a, a light rail system within Los Angeles. Because it's not going to reduce the number of cars going into Los Angeles. You're going to get there and then get in a car to get where you have to go. And do you really want to uh, uh, spend billions and billions of dollars to allow somebody uh, from Baltimore to work daily in New York? Is that really the best way to spend our money? I, I want them to spend billions and millions of dollars to come up with my flying car, doggone it. I want my flying car. <laughs> Wait, obviously, that's the solution. Yes. Isn't it clear? that Think think of the things. Okay, here's, here's my my uh, projection of how this is going to work. If you had fly, flying, vertical takeoff and landing, flying uh, emergency vehicles, okay, wouldn't that be beautiful? Like you have all this congested tra- traffic problem in the city and you're trying to get an ambulance in to help somebody. We can't do it. But you can fly in there, yeah. right? You have something that's like a helicopter, except it doesn't doesn't have such uh, right. big, big props. So... It flies in. That's going to be the first step in the uh, flying car business. It's going to be yeah. flying emergency vehicles. Well, and then, well, wait a minute. And uh, Amazon delivery vehicles. Yes, Amazon delivery vehicles will be part of it too. Yeah. But and, the way to the idea of just car of, of flying cars going willy nilly, you're not doing that because these are self driving. Yeah. And they'll they'll be they'll put something along the parkway. To guide, there'll be lanes. There'll, there'll be something like lanes in the air, and and yeah, right. And it'll all be part of a massive network to prevent crashes and prevent idiots from just driving willy nilly. And that's that's future technology. That's forward looking. Trains are old technology. And most I like trains. I enjoy trains. When I At go to five hundred million dollars a mile. Yeah, I, when I go to New York, I take the train. Yeah, and. I used to drive, nice. drive the train every day into D.C., so I, I really like them. But it's just, honestly, it's it's old technology, and we got to move on to something else. Where where trains are the most efficient than any other transportation technology is with freight. Yes, exactly. Freight is... Yeah. That's where yep. the money should be going to actually reduce the number of, you know, long-distance trucks on our That's highway. a good mm-hmm. point, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and uh, you know, I, the, the, the idea of, of, of that, you know, the driverless car phenomenon is coming and it will, it will change the way that we transport ourselves throughout. Come on, Elon. You've already made the electric car. Get on with the next project. Get with it. So, yes, the, uh, but can you make those diesel trains... Run on electric on solar cells or whatever, right? No, right? They, they do have electric trains. They um, do. Yeah. Of course, the electricity comes from a cold plant. From a somewhere cold plant in West Virginia. That's right. Yeah. But you don't want to tell me. Yeah. The sustainability. Don't tell those that. those smug Prius drivers that uh, they're actually just pol- move their pollution out of the, <laughs> out of their neighborhood. So I guess I guess head into the poor person's neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. So I, so I guess there's a, there's a bunch of different things to. to say about these trains. One is they're not nearly as efficient when it comes down to the practical reality of Joe getting from Baltimore to D.C. Um, it's, they're not nearly as, as amazing as they're sold to be because Joe still has to get from wherever he lives in Baltimore to the train station and then once he gets to D.C. he has to get wherever he's doing. He's still driving his car and yeah. spewing his CO2. Or getting the, on the metro or whatever. So it's, taking it's up not, time. It's not as efficient as you'd like it to be. I, I, and they're, they're go ahead. 
Oh, I, 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 was, I was just going to give you a list of reasons why Baltimore. Uh, yeah, Baltimore yeah, specifically. Yeah. Okay, yeah, what's Baltimore? Uh, it doesn't go to downtown Baltimore. Oh, yeah. You know, and even the Camden Yards was a big, huge problem because if they wanted to put it in Camden Yards, you would have to, you would have to move a brick 18th century uh, uh, church, and you would have to move a whole bunch of other buildings, and it was just like just totally tear that up. Hmm. Second thing is, if you put it in Cherry Hill, who's it helping? Hmm. You know, I mean, this thing is—is is how much is it going to cost? It's sixty dollars a pop to go back and forth. Are you kidding? Sixty dollars? Like yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that yeah. was one so of the arguments. That, 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 so, you know, sort of looking at does it does it help the regular guy? No, not a sixty dollars. <laughs> no, it doesn't help the regular guy, and it's surely not going to help the folks living in Cherry. And no, that's probably right. still not going to cover operating costs. So yeah. now <laughs> the rest the rest of the operating costs are kind of come from taxes. Right. If you want to help Cherry Hill, then you should really make sure that there's public transportation from Cherry Hill into downtown Baltimore and jobs down there. Um, so I think that was part of it. I, I, I think that the, the idea of, they weren't even looking to really, I think, be part of, of that conversation. There is the idea of like, oh, it's a great boon to go ahead and, and try to capture some of the D.C. market. Yep. People working in D.C. and living in Baltimore. Right. But, but there are already it, people doing that. But there's already people doing that, and it's probably better to go ahead and do Just improve the, the improvements market. of yeah. the Penn Station and the right. market improvements, which is already coming. I mean, that's going to be a huge project and mm -hmm. probably a very positive project. Okay. So I think that with all those ideas, but, it, it, you know, it wasn't going to help Baltimoreans. What was it going to bring to Baltimore? And the question was, Interesting because when I first much. when I first heard that Baltimore rejected that I thought that is so short sighted that is so not thinking big picture right and then uh, then listening to the arguments and hearing about the money and our our uh, recent experience the the current experience in California I'm going eh, maybe that's not such a great yeah all right yeah. and then, you know what it could be it could be. What, what what's the 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 CNO canal, right? Right. So by the time they get by the, the thing, time they get, then, then, then you get your flying cars, cars. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. right. You'll spend you'll spend five hundred million dollars a mile. It gets completed in the same year that uh, the flying the car flying system cars gets. Are, it. Yes. And like okay, now this thing is obsolete. Thank yes. you very much. Very, very likely. Very likely. And the other thing to really think about the COVID has totally changed mm -hmm. up anybody. Yeah. You know the folks that were going to go ahead and ride this high-speed rail don't have to ride it anymore they're just going to zoom into their work right? because <laughs> yeah. because the people riding the high-speed rail aren't the folks doing the physical labor down there aren't, aren't their service and folks. according according to census we the people are moving are already moving from rural areas to urban areas so the idea of of, of trying to encourage urban concentration it's happening in the last in the, in the in the last census, all all urban areas, I mean, rural areas have lost population, and urban areas have gained. Now, of course, urban areas might also just mean nearby suburbs and not necessarily yeah, yeah, right. you know yeah. concentrated yeah. cities. Yeah. So, which but that's the thing really too is there's there's no such thing as well well what well, well, there is such thing as a uh, suburb these days. But we think of suburbs as the one acre lot with a detached house on it now and. That's not the suburb of the I, when Driving around, I'm seeing mostly century. townhouse right. yeah. uh, development. Right. Yeah, right? And, and, and now you have what they call, you know, edge cities. There's a great book that was written in the late 18, uh, in the 1980s called Edge Cities, talking about the creation of your Owings Mills, your Hunt Valleys, your, mm. 
your Columbia, which was sort of creating a more urban, uh, more dense uh, uh, areas that people are really enjoying to be a part of. Look what's happening in Columbia right now. They're building huge, you know, mid-rise apartments on the parking lots of the old shopping center, which is pretty much defunct. Which all shopping centers are going to be pretty soon. What's up with that? What happened to the what happened to mall culture? Remember as a kid you just go there and hang oh, out that's at the mall. Oh, buy everything on Amazon. That's a whole other episode. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, write that down. All right. The decline of right. mall culture. Yeah, there we go. Okay. So so basically the answer to trains is we love trains, but it, it just doesn't work. Yeah, and I can't wait to go to uh, Japan and go three hundred miles fun. an hour. That'd be uh, fun. That would be yeah. fun, but it'd be like yeah. a trip to Disney World. Yeah, it's, it's not practical. Cool. All right, so uh, we do have a man of the week. Oh good. And our man of the week is not a man, which frequently happens. <laughs> yes, um, it does. This, this story, I, I love this story. Okay. So a Polish Olympian, this uh, this really oh, good-looking uh, young woman named... Yes. Uh, yeah, go ahead and pronounce her. Was a An- difficult Polish last Andrus- name. Andrusdik was my uh, best, best guess. She's a javelin thrower. She's and adorable. She's, she's adorable. She's very nice looking. But she herself is a cancer survivor. And she heard about this kid. Oh, what did she, she win? She got a uh, silver medal in throwing javelins. Heck yeah, yeah, silver medal. And she heard about this infant in Poland who needed 385000 bucks to cover the costs of transportation and medical care and all that kind of stuff. So she put... Oh, wait a minute. I I what? thought she was raising the money for her own kid. No, 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 no. She's not even her kid. No. Fantastic. Um, th- this eight-month-old boy. All right. Um, so she put her silver medal up for auction... To raise money for this kid, I'm gonna cry. I know it's like know. what a what a wonderful thing to do. And then even better, whoa! The guy who won the auction yes. said, "Keep the silver medal." Oh, okay. <laughs> now, now I'm done. Waterworks. <laughs> I mean, this is a we got a double a, man. This is a lovely story. So the the man of the week is the javelin thrower, and the man of the week is also. The person who won the auction and said, keep the medal. And he's probably anyway. not even in there. He's so anonymous that he doesn't yeah. even need credit. I mean, he doesn't want the medal. And he does... What a lovely story. Fantastic. Right. You polls are I know. man of the week. There we go. If you like Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill, please like it, share it, give us a good review, post it to Facebook, all that good stuff. Thank you so much.